Hey, welcome to the Hollywood Palms podcast, where a guest is given a palm reading and we discuss their past, present, and their future. I'm Portland, and joining us today is a delightful writer, and she's a great follow on Twitter. We're going to talk about French fries on salad, teenage bullies, and all manner of things with Maura Quint. Hey, Maura Quint, welcome to Hollywood Palms. What's happening? Tell me everything. Hi. Well, everything. I mean, that's a really, that's hard to do. But okay, I well, can, well I we can, can narrow try. the, we can narrow the focus a little bit. Oh, so, okay. all right. <laughs> we are, interestingly, we are not in the same room. I mean, Quitla and I are in the same room. Hey, it's Quitla Waitzel, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Here we are to talk about you, Mara. We want to know all of everything. We can start small. Tell me just, tell me any one thing about you. Well, we are not in the same room. I am across the whole country. I am in Pennsylvania, but I, I used to live in Los Angeles, so I can imagine where you all are. Yay. And <laughs> I, I have heard of Pennsylvania, so I can also imagine where you are. It's not Transylvania, just in case you had those two Okay, well, then like, I don't separate. know where you are. I cannot okay. imagine it, as it turns out. I understand. This one has a, a little bit fewer uh, vampires, but a lot more chocolate and cheese. You have cheesesteaks yeah. served in a large cracked bell. We that's a oh you know exactly. See, I want to do my you research. Had it down, yeah. And French fries on salads. Don't leave that. French up. fries I mean, on salads. You want to represent the whole state? Yeah. This sounds like the. You, Quitla. You went Philadelphia, but that's Pittsburgh. We're going there. Uh, oh yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, so we'll, put, let me just we're we're gonna see at your place when we get there. Great. That's well, wonderful. presumably, let's find out a little bit. Pillows. <gasps> Yay! Let's find out a little bit more about you <laughs> before we commit to staying over. Oh, okay. Well, I am a, a director of wealth tax campaigns for Americans for Tax Fairness. So I work primarily in the space of trying to get billionaires to pay their taxes. Yes, that's please. Sort of, Good. That's that's my day job. That's uh, what I do there. And then additionally. Because it is so naturally connected, I also write comedy. Um, that's just, I mean, because getting billionaires to pay their taxes is such a joke. I get it. It it just follows one right after the other. I mean, you can't actually do one without the other somehow. So it it's those are the two things that I primarily do, and then I fill up my time doing all sorts of other stupid things too, just for fun. But same. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're not stupid. Tell me one thing that you think probably qualifies as stupid. Mm, wow. I mean, I try to do stupid things because I enjoy stupid things. But Do you mean like tripping um, over your own pant leg and falling down the stairs? Not that I know anything about it. Okay, look, I was in the ER a week ago. What? <laughs> and I decided to accidentally dance on some glass. So, yes, that happens. Oh, uh, yuck. Too. Wow. See, I feel like that was stupid on the part of the glass. That was, you're right. How dare it, frankly. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. The only nice thing was that it was containing uh, an entire bottle of vodka. So if you're going to step on glass, oh. like, you know, I mean, that's that's the sort of thing. You Your know, wound is already alcoholized. You I was know? Alcoholized. That's, that's the official. I made up that. Very it's, official. It's A stewardess yeah. once showed me that she, like the lavatory, there was something wrong with the water system. And she showed me that she washed her hands with a bottle of, a teeny vo- bottle of vodka. So I feel like oh. I've learned. I got you. That's, like, I, I understand, and then at the same time, a little part of me is like, oh, oh, no, the waste, oh. But, like, I suppose if you, like, cup it in your hands and then, like, sort of laugh so out of it, like, you know, like some sort of wildlife, and then and then use the last remaining bit to just kind of rub together and wash off. Someone sure. think of the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have upset you, our guest, Mara Quint, no, the no, billionaire taxing comedian vodka <laughs> 
dancing. Very empathetic. You know, a lot of things affect me. And, uh, <laughs> and right now it's, it's the wasted vodka. But, you know, at any given moment, it could change. Okay, so instead of sending her flowers later, we'll send her vodka. Yeah. But only a tiny, <laughs> but only a tiny one. Oh, like the little, like, <laughs> to sample ones you get, like, at airplanes and sample? at Sample? Sample? <laughs> That's how I think of them. That's, but when you go- <laughs> that's like, the, like a taste of it. That's not enough. Is- sample of vodka. That's extraordinary. What would you call it? I would call it a air, probably an airplane size <laughs> bottle of vodka, but not yeah. like a size of an airplane. I don't know. This is upsetting. Okay, okay. let's move on, <laughs> if at all possible. So, Quila, what is the plan? So we're not in the same room. So we don't. We have Mara's disembodied hand here with mm. us, which was a great sacrifice on your part, and we're delighted by it. I'm just so happy it got there. You just can't trust the mail these days, so I was not sure. But. It was the, the dry ice. It came with my Hello Fresh order, which was kind of oh. surprising, but cool. How did they tell you to cook it? I'm just curious. Was there was like a lot a of extra. Thing? I have to get through all the packaging. A lot of extra plastics. Yeah. Got to yeah, work that. We'll work that out first. But in actuality. We have this lovely large photograph of your hand, which I assume is not to scale, <laughs> considering how giant you it is. You haven't seen my hand, so you know, I don't have any here. We have to assume it is indeed your hand. Oh, good point. We should have asked you to hold up a newspaper All like, that... with your palms so that we can verify. Sure. That would only verify that her palm and a newspaper were in the same room. So what I we have is actually door to door knocking actually for like electoral things. But then as I was doing that, I just checked everyone's hands and tried to figure out which one of them looked like the, the best one. possible future. Like I was like, oh, what, you know, whose life do I want to have? And then I, I took a picture of that and sent it to you. Okay, great. <laughs> then this is going to work out great. Okay, good. <laughs> P.S. We now have your fingerprints. So that's a thing we're going to catalog and keep hold of for future use. And credit card application submitted. Great. You're welcome to have my credit history. Enjoy it. Good luck to you. We don't want your credit history. We want your credit future. Now, speaking of the future. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did. Yeah. No, that was was fabulous. Okay. That was one of my better segues. So I think we're going to come back. Mara, wait. No? I have a question for Mara. I could save it until we come back if you want. Let's take a little break and we'll come back and ask a question and learn some things and see in the future. Hey, we're here with Mara Quint on the Hollywood Palms podcast and we want to know all the things. Talking to strangers is definitely one of my favorite things to do and Quitla likes to look at their hands. So between the two of us, we are a creepy, creepy pair, but we're delighted that you are here or there. We're here together in the way that you are about 3,000 miles away from us. Hmm. Quitla and I are approximately three inches apart, and you're way over there. It's all pretty much the same. Yeah, agree. Well, I can see you, so. Put that. my hand in your pocket if I wanted to. We're that close is what I'm saying. That's all What's I'm saying. What's happening over there? <laughs> that is a fair question, and I appreciate it. But I have a question for you, in fact. Okay, so we're talking about palm reading, and we've talked about all kinds of silly things. We've talked about Ouija boards, and we've talked about tarot cards, and we've talked about, oh, paranormal wackiness. We've talked about cheesesteaks. I mean, really, we've talked about it all. But I want to know what you think about palm reading. Have you ever had anything like this done? Have you ever done the Ouija board and really felt like it was your thing? Where, where are you on the um, cool with this paranormal silliness scale? Well, I love all of it, I think is probably where I am. I, I think it's all incredibly fun. Um, I 
don't think I've ever had my palm read. I've definitely had my tarot cards read mm-hmm. at least once. Um, and I was gifted a set of tarot cards, so they, they sit there and sometimes I just play with them, which is probably bad. That's probably causing a lot of the problems right now. I should probably stop But they can that. be, so, they can be very beautiful. And they're such a yeah. nice size, oftentimes they're such a nice size that you can build really incredible card houses with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think my playing solitaire with a deck of tarot cards, though, is probably what's led to, I don't know, like 2016, really. We should probably. Oh, no. It was you. Probably, yeah. <laughs> now that I think of it, I mean, I don't, you know. Maybe. Um, but I, I loved Ouija boards uh, as a kid, definitely. Um, oh, wow. my Were you dad, a planchette pusher? No. Gosh, no. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Of course you were. No, no, I absolutely was not. No. So my dad um, was, he was raised very, very Catholic. And mm-hmm. he did not, um, my mother's Jewish, we were raised Jewish. But, but the, the sort of like Catholic superstition element really stayed in my dad. And so he hates anything supernatural. Like he would have a problem with me reading the horoscopes out of the newspaper in the morning as a kid. Like just doesn't want to know. It's not for us to know these things. So I was not allowed to have a Ouija board because he didn't want that in the house. Sure. My mom smuggled me in one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, a bunch of friends, we would, we would do it. And I mean, we had more than one experience that, I think we all kind of felt like, oh, geez, this is, maybe we shouldn't be playing around with this. Maybe this is a little too close to the start of the horror film that we didn't actually (laughs) want to be in. I am so delighted by this. I've told this story before about my grandmother having a Ouija board that she actually relied on. Like, honestly, one time it was to find her bathing suit. I'm not even kidding. Uh, (laughs) And... I love this. <laughs> I don't even know if it worked. I'm going to have to make some calls and find out if that panned out because yeah. that was a, oh yeah, formative childhood memory. Absolutely. But um, I uh, I guess I'll be the resident skeptic because I think this is all a lot of malarkey. However, I have had my palm read by this guy over here and uh, he made me very angry <laughs> <laughs> and he made me cry and it was like, it was a lot of years ago, and we're yeah, still friends. Sure, sure. So. What I what I like to what I pride myself on is that I'm not calling on like spiritual energy or like entities or anything. Uh, my style of palm reading, I generally explain everything that I'm doing and why I come to the conclusions that I come to. Uh, it is more about interpreting the lines in your palm, uh, okay. certain shapes, certain. Uh, orientations, positions of lines on your palm uh, gen- generally mean something. And then the combination of those things together is where I come to conclusions. Um, so, yeah, it's I like palm reading. At least I like my style in that it is not crystals and, you know, angels and, you know, what, whatever. Um, I also bring that up. You were bringing up the sort of religious aspect, and some of the people whose palms I've read were, I would say, were religious or whatever, and they were worried yeah. about that angle. Like, are you, you know, are you calling on the devil to read my palm? No, I assure you, yes. I am. No, no, the answer <laughs> no, is I mean, solid no. no. <laughs> and, and once they go through the experience, which I assume will be the same for you, you'll see what I mean, and that this isn't new age voodoo, whatever. It is because it's palm reading and it's all sort of like made up, but at least that one spiritual component, that's not really a thing. And there's Um, no incense burning over here. 
Okay. Just so you know. I'll blow mine out. Yes, please. please. <laughs> Snuff that out, please. You're going to throw off the None spirits. Of <laughs> <laughs> right so, now the house mostly smells of dog. Is that going to be okay? Is that, <laughs> we're good with that? that wait, wait, wait. Yeah. But is there a dog? There is. Yeah. Okay, well, then we're fine. Uh, we're yeah, probably yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. It makes sense then. That checks out. It's, yeah. But it's 50-50. <laughs> Yeah. It's only a 50-50 dog. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. <laughs> All right. So I'm curious then, you mentioned the tarot reading uh, at the top. How did that work out? Was that, would you say it was accurate? Did it reveal anything for you? Or was it like, yeah, this this is clearly just general uh, nonsense? So I think I ha- I think I've had it done twice. So, oh, okay. I mean, in sort of high school my friends and I all just found this really fun. Yeah. So everybody kind of leaned in and had like astrology books and, and all of these things. And so I, I feel as though maybe for like a birthday when I was 17 or something, I, I they got me a tarot card reading. I remember none of that. Okay. Um, but she then... blocked it out. It was that traumatic. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, no, not a clue. Um, but in the last like year and a half or so, uh, someone that I sort of know a little tangentially uh, online read my tarot cards for me. And that was actually a really, it was just a really nice experience okay. because fundamentally it was kind of, it was, it was almost more like a pep talk, really. Like I walked away being like, yeah, I can do anything. Like, <laughs> and, you know, like it, it, it was a very, very uplifting, positive kind of experience. Oh, I didn't walk away being like, oh my God, I can see the future. It was just sort of a, all right, Queen, so we know what we're aiming for here. Yeah, we're no, you know, I'd like to hear at least that it was positive. Uh, it, yes. it, it really honestly has no bearing on my palm reading or what we're about to go through. I just like to know where you're at or, you know, and, and what so, we're about to go through yeah, yeah, together. So, yeah, I know. So. You're like, oh, well, that one was good. Time <laughs> to thank her. Esteem. Let's see what we can do here. So speaking <laughs> of which, I'm looking at your palm right now. Uh, and you have a lot of information going on in your palm. This is amazing. Uh, there were, in fact, a couple of lines that I have no idea what they are. We're going to have to sort of work through <laughs> Hashtag the professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always good when someone who does something for a living that is staring at a person's body part goes, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know, really. That's what you want to hear at the gynecologist. It's great. It's it's good if it's a new lover. It's good if it's a guy. It's just, it's wait, no wait, wait. Who. You said someone who does things professionally. I, I, and then yeah, you brought up a I new lover. So now I have questions. Oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> I wasn't putting those two together, but, you know, why not? Sometimes, I suppose, you know, they're, they're, they're individuals who uh, who employ that line of work. Girl, I want you to be happy. Yeah, me too. Great, let's go. <laughs> All right. So looking at your palm, I start with, uh, there are five major lines in your palm that I read. And uh, what we need to start with is the lifeline. Uh, this is the line that starts between your index finger and your thumb, and it curves around your thumb pad. So you feel free to look at your own palm. Yeah, I'm going to look at my hand here while I'm doing It's the curved line that curves around your thumb, essentially. It's the the one major continuous line. Um, What I look for immediately are breaks in the lifeline. Uh, Breaks aren't necessarily bad. They just indicate that there's something about your life that you uh, essentially have to put your life on hold for, in order to deal with whatever that break is. Hmm. I do not see any breaks in your lifeline. Um, I said not necessarily bad, so it could be either going into a coma, which would probably be bad, <laughs> or winning the lottery, which is you know generally a good thing. Uh, but the lines don't indicate either good or bad, just that it happens. Uh, uh-huh. and in order to figure out like more context, that's what the palm reading is about. 
So anyway, no breaks in your lifeline. The length of your lifeline has nothing to do with how long you live. Uh, the lifeline is more about um, how good you are at achieving a quality of life that you are satisfied with. Mm, that's important. Um, Yes, so don't know how long you live, and that's not a thing palm reading can really tell you. Good, I don't uh, want to know. I'm, I'm much better not knowing. That being said, <laughs> I have a hard number for you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I would like to know how old you are, if you don't mind. I am 43. Thank you very You're much. not. I am 43. The deuce you say. Tis true. What's your sign? It, well, in like a creepy like pickup way. Like, yeah, no, totally. I mean, you know, send a drink with it, but I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> you have a glass of water. I saw it. I know. And then when you have That's vodka, true. you're just sticking it and stepping on it and spilling it. So but I want a little like you know cute umbrella in it, or oh. like a, a cherry with a, a spear through it or something. That sounds like a very different experience, but I'm into it. I'm into <laughs> it. Kind of okay, she's Capricornian. Okay, that means nothing. For same, reading, same. But, I have no idea. Fabulous. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to know. Yeah. So what I noticed right away, though, no, no breaks or anything like that. But what I do notice about your lifeline uh, is at the start, again, this is between your index and thumb, sort of on the edge of your palm there. Uh, your lifeline doesn't really start at the edge of your palm. It actually comes in a little bit first. There's sort of a barbed wire pattern that occurs, and then your lifeline breaks off from that. And that I was... can confirm you are looking at my hand because I <laughs> do that. <laughs> so what is unusual about that is that barbed wire pattern generally represents uh, fighting to get out of the womb. Chaos <laughs> generally represents chaos. That's not. Uh, it's overly dramatic of a way to say, but there was some kind of conflict or some butting of heads or something going on very, very early in your life. Um, Did you eat your twin in utero? I mean, no one's told me I have, but yeah. I do feel very full all the time. <laughs> okay. Might be it. Might. The, that chaos pattern... Uh, I usually do see it uh, in early in one's lifeline. Uh, generally, childhood is chaotic, and it's about learning and you know making mistakes and all that. So all of that makes sense. Um, what's unusual to me is how short that period is on your palm compared to the rest of your lifeline. Um, when your lifeline breaks off, it is a clear break, and it's a solid, hard line from that point forward. What that leads me to believe is my interpretation is that there was some, either an event or a person that caused you to have to put childhood away, that you had to grow up early and quickly. You had some kind of res responsibility or there was some kind of expectation put on you or pressure or something very early, earlier than most, I would say, that you had to grow up. There, there, it was like a, a light switch event or a person in your life that switch got flipped and you had to be like, oh, all right, I, I have to, I have to be, I'm going to use the word responsible, but maybe that's the wrong direction. You had to shoulder something uh, early on that perhaps was too early. So I'm going to back it up a little bit where I said that it was a, an event or a person. The reason why I'm saying that is there's a particularly um, deep crease fold 
that comes from your thumb area off on the edge of your palm and then curves into your lifeline right where that fold crease connects with your lifeline is right where everything breaks apart. Your lifeline suddenly diverges from all of the other lines. The barbed wire pattern suddenly stops and a whole new pattern starts down, following down your lifeline. Uh, that particular fold or crease is either a person, like I said, or an event. Um, even more specifically, it seems it'll be family related. If it's a person that triggered this having to grow up, having to put away your childhood and having to face something or deal with something, if it's a person, this person is probably family related and this person existed before you were born. Why I say that is this crease or this line comes from off of your palm. So it essentially existed before your palm started recording information. Uh, and so then based on your age, I've got one more thing and then we'll, we'll Do ask. Do you uh, want to jump in and tell us about your childhood trauma oh, oh, real quick? Hold on, hold on. I was like, I mean, you know, <laughs> go ahead. So, uh, um, remind me again, I'm sorry, you said you were 43? I am, yes. Okay, I didn't want to add anything to your uh, age or take Well, she's lying about it, so go from there. Sure, sure. So 43, then we're looking at this would have been early, this would have been tweens, early teens. So I'm going to say somewhere between 11 and 13, maybe 14 tops. There was either an event uh, it, uh, if it was a person, we said it was uh, probably family, and it was uh, that family member was someone who existed before you were born. If it was an event, uh, this was something related, again, family-related, some kind of family-related event um, that came out of nowhere and then caused you to have to become an adult, so caused you to have to re-examine how things look in a more mature way, perhaps earlier than you should have. There is a third option here, uh, and I'll get to the third option, and then we'll sort of check in with you on that. The third okay. option is that there's some kind of a cultural aspect that was at odds with you. Um, could be something religious, could be just, just something like tradition or something like that that, again, existed before you were born, and at some point you butted heads with that tradition or that cultural aspect, and whatever that confrontation was, however it shook out, you had to suddenly become more mature in order, as a result or in order to deal with whatever that thing was. So we have those three options there. Do any of those ring true to you? Um, yeah. How, how does that, how does that sound to you? Utterly fascinating. I mean, um, because everything you're saying, if I were to hear it and just not have any idea who you were talking about, I would sort of envision that, you know, a, a family member died or that there was, you know, some sort of tremendous trauma that, that forced to, you know, or uh, even like a, a divorce or something that kind of set a child off. And I don't have any of that type of thing. But what is striking to me is that it's so what you're saying also mirrors the way I talk about my life, oh. <laughs> uh, which is what's kind of like, uh, kind of had me a little bit tearing up for a moment. Um, I think not because I had any particular 
I mean, I, I had some forms of trauma. I was in the hospital for some time in fifth grade, but, um, but it was actually more that I spent a large portion of my childhood being really relentlessly bullied. Um, and, uh, was just the like object of, um, a, a group that was targeting me that would go out of their way to find ways to, you know, I don't know, uh, make me the, you know, just, just, uh, like even to the point of it, you know, occasionally they'd try and they'd pretend to befriend me and then invite me somewhere to like a movie and then not show up because, you know, you don't have cell phones and your parents have to drop you off. And there was a lot of time where I would even sort of, you know, look to like my parents or something a little bit, but mostly I would try and, um, figure it out. And I just found no help. Basically, I found no comfort and no help um, at home, not because they were bad people. They just didn't understand the intensity of what I was going through for years and years, and they didn't know what to do with it. And their life, uh, the way that they lived their lives was very different. My dad is kind of like, oh, why you, you know, be friends with everybody. What's the problem? You know, like very, which wasn't helpful to me as a kid um, who was just going through this. And then it was a really distinct moment and I, I dealt with it for years and didn't really know what to do. And there was a moment in seventh grade. So when I was about 12, that um, this same group of girls that had been mercilessly tormenting me for years and years, we were in the locker room after gym. I just like, remember it so distinctly. It's just such a nothing thing, but they basically just turned their aggression to this other girl and started making fun of her hair. And I joined in for one moment. I like threw out, you know, like a thing and I was so ashamed and I just decided I don't ever, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to be them. I don't want to be the victim. I don't want to be the bully. I don't want any part of this. What I want to do is I want to help the people who are in that position and I broke off all ties. I ratted out some of them in certain ways. I went it alone, basically, and had no friends. And, you know, it took me a year and a half or so to, like, befriend one girl who was kind of a weird outsider. And then just that was me for the rest of my life. Like, that was just I was never going to I was never going to undergo that. And I was never going to perpetrate that. That is extraordinary. And, that's amazing. I mean, first of all, I'd like a list of those girls' names because limb, limb from limb, Mara, we're going to handle that for you. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, but that's amazing that not only was that so, I mean, literally traumatic, but so formative. And look at how it nice you are now. Incredibly formative. And it's one of those things, too, when people like talk about high school being difficult and everything. And it was always kind of like high school was great for me. Because I had already figured this out. Like, Mm -hmm. I had already made these choices in middle school. And by high school, I was just like, I am going to be really nice to everyone. I'm going to be really inclusive. If anyone's a piece of shit, I'm going to call them out on it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to. I mean, that is the definition of maturity. I would say, yeah, yeah. That's extraordinary. So many people have yet to come to that, even at at your big age. So many people have yet to figure (laughs) that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Kind of mirrors a bit what you're talking about, but that is very much how I, how I sort of see my life. I hope that you don't, you don't carry with you any guilt about joining in in that one event that, you know, you were a kid. I hope you forgive yourself 
and give yourself that sort of leeway that poor choice or not, like they, you were all just children. Like, yeah, I, I hope you don't carry I, that I, with you. I think I reckoned with that pretty quickly okay. too. I, like I'm I went out of my that. way, probably within the same school year to make hmm. sure that that, you know, that I was reaching out to that particular girl. And like, I don't know that I outright apologized for not standing up for her that day, but, um, but at 12, I feel okay with the way that yeah, <laughs> that yeah, I yeah. proceeded right. with that. So. that but is, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you telling us that too. That is uh, unrelated to palm reading. I just wanted you to know, <laughs> I, you know that, that, that I, I hope you would, uh, you know, forgive yourself Thank for you. that. Um, back to your palm then. So I, okay. I would, I'll declare myself wrong about that folder crease that it, I, I thought it was a perhaps family or some kind of tradition-related thing. I think clearly this event that jumped out to the front of your mind, I think it was then this event um, that was being recorded on your poem because everything else checks out. You flipping a switch and just deciding to be a more mature person sort of at, at the sacrificing your own childhood, essentially, in order to just grow up and be better uh, about how you relate to people. I think all of that checks out. The time period is about right. So I'm going to say I was wrong about the the crease, but in talking with you, you've given us context, and now we know what that line probably is. Uh, and so I'll go with that going forward. Uh, from that intersection of that crease and your lifeline, right after that, what happens is there's a line on the inside of your lifeline, on the thumb side, um, that the way this line shows up generally symbolizes some kind of a defense mechanism, um, more symbolically like a an emotional wall that you put up as a way to protect yourself from things that are being thrown at you. Those things are generally, again, expectations or responsibilities or stressors or something uh, being thrown at you. Uh, what this looks like in your palm, um, if you follow your lifeline, um, there are a bunch of tiny little lines that are radiating from your thumb out into your uh, lifeline. It looks like a uh, just a bunch of arrows being thrown at your lifeline. In between your thumb and the lifeline is that sort of faint inner line that mirrors your lifeline. That faint mirror line is the defense mechanism that I'm talking about. Why it's important to note is that generally you have to expend energy in order to maintain whatever that defense mechanism is. Uh, by energy, I don't mean spiritual energy or anything like that. I literally mean effort. You have to do something in order to maintain whatever that defense mechanism is. Why it's notable on your palm uh, is that all of those lines that radiate from your thumb and connect to your lifeline, they, for the most part, blow past that defense mechanism. That wall that perhaps you had set up or whatever it is that you were doing to try to mitigate that apparently did not work. All of those lines go straight through. However, as maybe, maybe as negative as that sounds, all of those lines do not cross through and pass your lifeline. They all stop dead at your lifeline. So the defense mechanism itself perhaps did not work, but you are 
more than strong enough to weather that storm, uh, those lines rain down on your lifeline for the majority of your life right now. These are decades of things that just keep coming at you. Again, things that come from like the thumb pad, the thumb area, those are generally considered to be family-related things. That is a very loose term. It just means that they're coming from a place that you are aware of, that you are familiar with. It's coming from someplace um, not surprising to you. These would be expected things, whether you want them or not. Um, So the good news is none of these lines go past your lifeline. Again, that means that you were strong enough to shoulder whatever burdens those were, or you were strong enough to just absorb whatever stressors these were, um, which I think is great. On top of that, your lifeline still maintains a smooth curve around your thumb pad. So that means despite all of these attacks on your quality of life and your well-being, you were strong enough to just maintain your course. Uh, you didn't appear to let these things affect you. I would say most normal people would crumble under this. Kind so we're going to call that the, the haters going to hate quadrant <laughs> of her palm. Yes. Wow. Interestingly then, so based on your age, if it hasn't happened within the last year, within a year from now, as we're reading this, all of those lines virtually disappear. Like your your palm from the first half of your lifeline to the bottom half of your lifeline are wildly different. Something occurs, either it has just occurred or or you've already set up the the events that it will occur shortly. Uh, it's that, probably coming on this podcast. That's definitely what it is. I mean, that's Absolutely. what it, that's what it looks like to my dream diary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Did I have to pay you for this therapy? Because yeah, I think that's <laughs> like, is there a bill at the end? We'll send you an invoice. Yeah, we'll discuss yeah. it. Uh, okay. So I, I I find that great news that something uh, again, if it hasn't already happened, something will happen that virtually all of those things that you had experienced up to this point they go away. Uh, you will uh, you have had or will have some moment of clarity about how you were living your life or you've, like I said, done something to set yourself up for much better quality of life or something like that. I think it's you and you alone that is responsible. I don't see another line here that says, like, it's a person that comes into your life or, like, there's an event or something like that. This is apparently all you that you've realized something or you've done something. And again, we're talking about something very recent, either in the past or the future, uh, that has, is a game changer for you. And so I guess we have to ask. Has it happened? Has that <laughs> happened yet? Is there something that you've done or realized and that you're like, of course. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I have a question first. Sure. The, the defensive line that you're talking about does that go the whole way or does it end or is there it ends and that's that's why i'm saying that there was some point of clarity or an epiphany or something you've done (laughs) the the defense mechanism goes away as do virtually all of those stressors that actually connect to your lifeline so (laughs) you can you tell us why it makes sense i mean like now it's like 
this would be like an hour long therapy session here. Like, it's, it's not like I can just be like, well, yeah, sure. I got a giant check and it just took care of all the problems. I didn't have to worry about anything anymore. It was just like done. So that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's going to happen. Yet. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, mm, I'm not going to take that for granted, but um, no, but I, well, I mean, I, I've been divorced twice and I've uh, had uh, lots of self learning throughout. Um, and I've, had a lot of different careers. I've traveled around. I've sort of not known what I was doing for a really long time, but I just kept going. I was always sort of saying yes, and we'll try it, and yes, and we'll try it, and just you know keep trying to keep moving. Um, and I've done a lot of sort of personal work on myself in the last year or so to really try and understand what the hell is wrong with me. <laughs> um, but most of it has been trying to recognize uh, the ways in which I was impeding myself by being defensive rather than just being straightforward and honest with people um, and by reacting to expectations rather than sort of recognizing what what everyone is going through and trying to just be more present, more understanding, um, but but especially more honest to me and more truthful about what I'm feeling um, without having that be sort of an explosive, explosive emotional kind of thing where, you know, I don't know why I'm bad, but I'm bad. And I just, I'm going to, now I'm mad at you because you're here kind of thing, which is a, you know, unfortunate way that I've experienced life a little bit till then. So, um, so in some ways you had to hearken back to that seventh grade to high school age, Mara, who had made the decision to consciously it. decide, I'm good, you're good, let's all be good. Yeah, and I've definitely felt that in the last year. I've been dating someone new, and I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I well, noticed. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to find out. But, um, but what I noticed in this relationship, because it's there have been, you know, he's going through his own stuff, um, is that I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm synthesizing who I want to be. Like I'm able to address all of this conflict in a really just emotionally kind, honest way. And I was really proud of myself and I wasn't, but I wasn't sure if I was giving myself too much credit. And I actually, my ex-husband and I are um, friends because we, we co-parent. Uh, and we had like a little squabble over the kids. You know, he wanted them to have one thing and I wanted them to do a different sort of thing. And we had a conversation about it and he paused in the middle and he was like, Hey, this is a really great conversation. You're not being defensive. You're not, you know, upset. You're coming from a really caring place, even though I know that you don't agree with me. And it's really notable. It was just very like, yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it felt really good and it felt like oh wait maybe i'm maybe i'm maybe i'm getting there like maybe maybe it's yeah but it's possible he's working. still a jerk i mean if that's a possibility oh he's a nice guy we can beat up the old the girls but he's he's a good dude it's all right nice. I'll, I'll take his name back off the list then that's okay, thank you yeah sure, for sure. now i mean like you know check in with me we'll see how it goes <laughs> you got like, it all right. all right good so what I'd like to, I, I like hearing all of that, and I feel like uh, as your official palm reader, uh, your palm is backing up what you're saying. Um, you can see it on your palm, uh, how all of those lines just fade away. They are still there on your thumb pad, but there's a distinct 
like smooth part. Mm-hmm. They never come close to your lifeline anymore. I don't think I've ever seen that. The The short answer of this, the short imp- interpretation of this is everything you're doing is working and your quality of life will simply get better and better and better. Yes! <laughs> I, I have no other way to interpret that. That That, that is fabulous how the rest of your lifeline looks. I'm sorry that things up till now perhaps have been difficult. I, as your palm reader, would say you probably had it more difficult than most as far as the things that actually impacted your life. Um, but good news is things are going to get better according to your palm. The work you've done will start paying dividends for you. Uh, and I still maintain that soon, very soon, there will be some kind of an epiphany or a point of clarity for you, and you will be able to carry that with you as well, and it will only help you from here on out. So I look forward to, we'll have you back on, and we'll find out what say, that epiphany like, can I check was. I in every two years, yeah, and yeah. you can be like, ah, you screwed it all up. It's all, <laughs> right. you know, like, look, lady, we told you it was coming, and I don't know why you dodged it. Yeah, yeah what the heck did you this do This is here? clearly you, not me, not my interpretation. <laughs> that's that's what I'll say in the, in the yeah, next episode. But, uh, I'll believe it, too. Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah, Lifeline from here on out looks Okay, can I just say, this. like, you and I have looked at some palms, and, like, that very clear, open, smooth space. I have never seen that on anybody. Me neither. Me neither. Usually... I hope I'm not dying. Like, I hope it's not just no, like, oh, not. actually, this is what happens. When you have Maybe there was some Photoshop before you sent us this image. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But it's extraordinary. because bef- Okay, so before, you, before we started talking with you, he showed me this picture. It's been on our monitor. And he was saying, like, look at all these lines. Look at all these defense lines. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? This is silly. And then it's extraordinary to me every time Quila and I sit next to each other and look at somebody's hand that – Every A, everybody's hands are so extraordinarily different. It is mind boggling. Like just like I do. Start looking at strangers' palms. Sure. You'll be amazed. But the fact that he was like, Yeah, that's what all these like hash marks are across here. Da, 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 da. Like, mm-hmm, sure. So anyway <laughs> it it blows my mind. But this totally clear, like smooth sailing space that is ahead of you, I'm so delighted for you. I am too. <laughs> I, I would like to know. Do like you, it's do very you much. It's that? not on my hand. Yeah. Can I just I say it's not on my hand? Yeah. My hand. Yeah. My hand I mean, is not like that either. But do you see that yeah. on your own palm? It's important. I do. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I, I'd like to know, and which is why my style is to walk you through my thought process. Yeah. It, it's important to me that you see what I'm seeing, um, so that it feels less like I'm making this up on the spot. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally see the area of Excellent. my hand okay. that you're talking about. Good, so good. I wasn't, you know, yeah. The last thing on the lifeline is at the tail end, I just like to see how long the line is in general. Again, the length of the lifeline has nothing to do with how long you live. However, it does indicate how good you are at making yourself happy. Uh, given a dollar or a million dollars, will you do the things that make you happy or are you somebody who simply can't be satisfied by things? And that is not to say that it's about like drive or ambition. It's really more about you are incapable of not being happy about things. Doesn't look like that's the case for you. Uh, Your lifeline continues pretty much right off your palm, how I'd like to see. 
Um, so that's great. I think that also reinforces the fact that all the work you've done will help you out from here on out. And, and you will find opportunities to make yourself happy and you will take them more importantly. So I, I like to hear, I like to see that in, in a poem. Uh, there's a line here at the tail end of your lifeline near your wrist. It cuts across from your thumb pad, uh, across your lifeline and then shoots all the way across your palm, almost uh, pointing at your pinky. I don't know what that line is yet. We're going to have to revisit that. I think it's related to something else, but I don't want to give away that just yet. So we will move on to the next major line that I read, which is your fate line. The fate line starts at your wrist and goes vertically up the center of your palm. Um, Yeah, and it goes all uh, all the way up to, on on you anyway, it goes all the way up to your middle finger. Um, So the fate line... (gasps) She's giving fate the middle uh, finger? Yeah, right? I like this interpretation. (laughs) So rebellious. (laughs) The fate line and the lifeline start at opposite points in your palm and go in opposing directions because they're generally in, like, natural opposition to each other. Your lifeline is about your quality of life and making yourself happy. Your fate line is more about ambition. And are you following the path that you've laid out for you? Is your path clearly laid out for you? Are you on that path? That sort of a thing. So that's why they're sort of in opposition to each other on your palm. Uh, that being said, your fate line is quite stunning, quite clear cut. It's striking, I would say. <laughs> it, oh. it's, it's, it's clear cut. It starts almost at your wrist and goes virtually straight up. Uh, there's there's a couple of bends because it's being influenced by other major lines, uh, but I don't really see any breaks in it. There's a tiny little deviation right at the very center of your palm. We will get to that. I don't consider that a break per se, but I will get into what I think that means. Anyway, a deeply cut fate line that is as straight as yours generally implies that you, your path is laid out for you and you are following that path. You, if you stray from it for side projects or, or anything like that, your eyes are always on the prize. Uh, so it's you, you have focus and clarity for what you want to achieve, whether or not you are able to achieve that or not, you have a clarity of vision is what you want to do for yourself. Uh, more importantly, uh, more importantly to me, uh, your, that path that we're talking about, you have an A to B to C to D plan. You have waypoints that you can hit and you have been hitting them. That's fabulous. I would describe you as someone who's clearly driven, focused, eyes on the prize. And if you want to achieve something, you are the kind of person who will achieve it. It's uh, it's a trope or whatever, you know, to say like, oh, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve it. You are one of those people who is, it, it's in fact fact for you you can achieve what you set out to do. I'm uh, I'm super jealous of your fate line. Mine does not look <laughs> like this at all. It's not nearly as straight. <laughs> I'm going to make this about me right now. No, that's good. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple of things that um, that jump out at me. Uh, I talked about like a little deviation at the very center of your palm. 
uh, your fate line sort of comes up and then it kind of stops and then a new line overlaps that and continues onward. Uh, it is right below your headline, which I'll get into in a little bit, but, um, so I don't think that's a break because it overlaps. Um, and it's the center of your palm. So generally on your palm, whatever's at the very center is the thing your palm thinks you need to focus on, um, harder than, than anything else going on on, on your palm. Uh, so there is some kind of transition that you are either cons, I would say you're considering a transition because it's close to your headline. Um, this transition, there's something about it factually that is making you doubt whether or not this will happen or whether or not you should pull the, the switches, pull the levers to make this transition happen. <laughs> By transition, generally the fate line is usually occupational related or something like that, but I don't like to pigeonhole it so much. Again, we're talking about your fate. So this could be, for example, thoughts about marriage, thoughts about moving, um, like picking up and moving somewhere else would be the kind of thing that would show up on your fate line uh, because it's not really have anything to do with your quality of life. It doesn't have anything to do with the other parts of your line. So I'm just trying to give you context for what this transition might look like in your life. Um, so I... And it's still close to your headline, which makes me think that it's still something conceptual for you. Like I said, you haven't actually done this transition, or I, I guess to, you know, hedge my bets, if this rings true to you and you're like, I know exactly what this is, I just did this, then there's still apparently some information or numbers or facts, something head-related that you are still chewing on. You're still doing the math on or something like that. So we're going to use that point to ask you, does that ring true for you? Is there is there some kind of major transition that you're thinking about or that you perhaps just did? I'm still going to lean towards you're thinking about it. This is something still conceptual for you, but you're aware of it. And we're going to ask you to hold that thought for just two seconds. We'll take a short break, and I want to learn all about your fate. All right, we're back. This is the Hollywood Palms Palmcast. It's the Hollywood Pods Palmcast. One more time. It's the Hollywood Palms Podcast, and we're talking with Maura Quint, who has the most fascinating life and the most extraordinary palm I've ever seen. We are about to find out what is her fate. Yeah, so I was asking that there was a transition, uh, a conceptual transition going on, generally occupational, but could be, like I said, maybe something marriage-related, romantic, or some like moving or something. And I'm wondering if that rings true for you at all. Yeah, it's tricky because it all rings totally true. Oh, my. It's kind of jackpot. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> all the time. I, I mean, I... I'm not moving because I've uh, my kids are here, but I want to move all the time, and I spend my days looking at houses and places I'd rather live. But that's probably the the lower part of it. Um, I am currently trying to my my job is uh, a little bit up in the air at the moment because the organization is going through some transition, um, and I'm trying to 
figure out if that's something I should try and fight for and continue in or if I need to be looking at something else. And I've started um, taking on as much additional work in other fields as possible and keep wondering, do I need to beef those up and try and move into fully a different primary field uh, or if I should continue in this one. And, uh, and I'm also in a relationship with uh, someone who is um, his, his son will be here through the summer. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be sort of a permanent thing or if we're going to at the end of the summer, does it make the most sense for us to sort of part ways and really focus in on our families or should we try and make this work in some way? So there's a lot right now that I'm constantly running in my head to try and figure out which paths I need to be preparing for. Okay. Um, I'm glad that that sort of rings true for you. I, uh, any one of those options would, would a, a decision or uh, a thing that happens as far as any of those transitional options, would they affect both um, how you, how you think and how you feel? The reason I say that is immediately after this transition symbol on your palm, your fate line then continues straight up uh, off your palm. It crosses your headline and your heart line, um, which to me would then imply that this transition, uh, the one that I think that it's trying to focus on, you are most worried that it will be a compromise between how you feel about something and what you think about something. Uh, of the three options that you gave me, you could tell me if I'm wrong. Of those three options, I feel like that last one sort of covers both of those bases, that it's sort of an emotional, but it's also practical. Like, practically, what will it be if he stays? Uh, it is both, I would say, the job and the relationship uh, right now, because I'm actually... Uh, I'm going through some stuff, some difficult coworker situations and some restructuring where my job is affecting me emotionally as well. Names, Maura. We're making a list. <laughs> right, right. I know. It's really, it, now that I think of it, my enemies list is actually really, Is that on my phone? Can you see the enemies list on my That's phone? what that line is. Got that it. Oh, yeah, now yeah, we're, yeah. See, now I'm agreeing yeah. with this. Now I have there a point of clarity here. I did etch that in myself, but and, that shouldn't matter, right? And okay. I'm super scared now. <laughs> Oh my God! Do you see it spelling out our names? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. My whole name here. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Listen, so, if she can spell our names correctly on her enemies list, I feel yeah, enemies on her are... enemies list. Then I feel like we've you know earned the spot. <laughs> well, I'm sharing it. So, so the, I mean, as maybe shaky as things might feel for you right now, as far as your vision for yourself onward, you know, and into the future, according to your palm, the path is still clear for you. Um, and I'm, I, and I'm seeing something else that I'm about to go into, uh, as to why I'm going to say this conclusion. Um, your, what's going to happen is I used the word compromise earlier and it seems like it's going to be a compromise externally. Other people are going to need to get on board to the Mara train. Your path is clear and makes sense. Uh, again, according to your poem, you're kind of waiting for other people to catch up to what you've already figured out. 
You are an evolved being since high school. So, girl, you've had I'm it locked up since high school. I'm, I'm just floating above the chair. You Amazing. Guys can't see that, <laughs> Legs crossed, lotus position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean, I, I guess I guess that's good news for you. Uh, it's kind of a kind that sounds of, right too. <laughs> you know, it's an assholey thing like to say thing I or whatever. But in this case, uh, any of those transitional situations, according to your poem, you already know you already know what you want. You know what you want the outcome to be. Your difficulty, let's say, the energy you're spending on this is about getting other people on board to what you've already figured out. Uh, according to your poem. Uh, I'll, I'll get into more of that conclusion in a little bit. There's a couple of other things on your fate line that I need to address. There are two lines that cross your fate line back uh, closer down to your wrist. There's one that comes from your thumb and then, like I said, cuts across almost pointing at your pinky and then above that on your fate line, there's one that starts at your fate line. It also goes towards your pinky. It connects with your headline and your heart line. Um, I, I'm still not sure what that bottom line is representing. So the thumb pad represents family or responsibility. It's the point where like stressors come from that affect the rest of your palm. The opposite pad, so not the thumb pad, but the heel of your palm, I guess, is maybe what it's called. The other mm-hmm. side is where not responsible motivations come from. Uh, so this isn't necessarily to say, like, evil or, you know, nothing like that, but they're generally motivations or things that you think other people will not find responsible, that they will not respect you for. These are, I will jokingly call them dark desires, or this is the forbidden zone. The forbidden zone? The example I always love to give is, let's say you secretly want to become a clown. Uh, and so, not the word I thought you were going to use. Clown, a you know circus clown. You secretly wanted to be that, but you don't think other people will respect you for that, or think that's good decision making, or something. There's something that you think is not a good idea about it. That kind of motivation would show up on the other side of your palm. Uh, I don't see any lines originating from this zone. I see lines that point to this, namely that bottom line that starts on your thumb pad and then cuts across over into the forbidden zone. Uh, I don't, I don't think this is your line. I think this is somebody else on your palm. What is happening? Why I don't I, know. This is exciting. <laughs> why I say that is the line starts at your thumb pad, but it is essentially off your palm. It's it's barely connected to the events of the rest of your palm. It doesn't point to any other line in particular. It doesn't do anything on your palm. Because it starts at your thumb is where I start to think that this is somebody else. There's somebody on your palm that you are tangentially concerned with. This person will, could affect your quality of life this person has influence on you. However, it's tangential. It's, it's, this person will only affect your quality of life if you so choose to allow it. 
this person then also crosses your fate line. This person has influence over your the path that you choose to follow in life. They perhaps this is somebody that you look up to, or like I said, somebody that that can influence you. Their opinion can influence you. But for whatever reason, then this line continues over to the forbidden zone. So I think this, for example, and again, this may not ring true for you, but for example, this could be somebody that nobody else in your sphere of influence likes or everyone thinks that this person is a bad influence on you. Like this was the the rebellious friend in high school or something like that. Hey, let's go smoking and key some cars and you know like kick over a cow. Or, I, I knew I you were going to go catch it. I, don't, I, don't I know, knew it. I don't know. What, Out of in Pennsylvania, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> I I don't know what it was, but it would be something like that. This person may be in your past, seeing as how far off your palm this line is. If that's the case, this person still has influence over you. Like you think back on them or you perhaps ask yourself, like, what would this person do? Or like, wouldn't this person think this was crazy? Is there somebody what in your would life? Like WW Phantom Zone person do? Forbidden Zone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're right. That was a we Superman reference. Sued. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, is there somebody in your life that is the the bad influence on you or that you think other people think is a bad influence on you? I'm still leaning towards a person. I have another option to give you some more context, but let's see if that first stronger interpretation rings for you. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, there are there are individuals that I can sort of pull up and say, well, maybe that person or maybe that person or maybe that person, but there's not like, it doesn't bring to mind, like it's this person. This is definitely the, who is being talked about. Okay. Okay. I mean, Uh, my only fear is that it's like the person I'm dating. I hope it's not that, but like, (laughs) (laughs) has has anybody expressed? Oh my gosh. Look, I have to ask, I'm a professional. I'm a medical professional. I have to ask the hard questions. There has occasionally been some concern surrounding, not that there's anything wrong with this person whatsoever, but right. the concern I think comes from my family not really knowing and also being having really having very specific conceptions of what people should do or be like. This person does not have a nine to five; they just work in the creative field. And is this person is, the cre- is this person the circus clown that Quitla was thinking of? I mean, it's kind of close. Oh, hey, hey, that's amazing. <laughs> but, close is really good for palm reading. No, okay. So I, I this this was the thing that came up top of mind when we pressed you for answers. <laughs> this mm-hmm. this person came up, and I I think I think it is this person you mentioned. Family specifically says, or has expressed some hesitation. Let's be nice yes. about it. Some hesitation yeah, about no, it's, it. Yeah, no, it's not terrible. I mean, right. I'm pleased. Like, it's it's actually not. It is just more of a sort of, like, people who are very used to putting on suits every day and going, you know, are like, what is this person doing on your couch? At, you know, what is this person doing on your couch? <laughs> Well, so this is more of a protective thing, not necessarily a, a pointing to negativity, more like she has had she's made some choices in the past that we didn't agree with or at least in hindsight don't agree with and so now we want to assert ourselves a little more and say beware i want to say it's 
definitely not a negative thing. <laughs> this is an external perception. This is you outside yourself looking back in and thinking other people will not think highly of this. This is that's not to say that it's true. This is just you are receiving these negative perhaps uh leanings, uh negative opinions on a person that is related to you. Uh, I, I'm sorry, not family related, but yeah, has yeah. an influence on you um, that clearly you're choosing to include in your fate and your life. Hence it crosses those lines. The, I, I think the only reason this line is on your palm is that perhaps those uh, comments, those opinions are introducing some kernel of doubt in you um, and because those seeds, those kernels can't, you can't justify them, uh, logically in your head. It doesn't cross your headline. So it, the, these opinions don't make logical sense to you and they are not affecting your heart line. This line does not cross your heart line, meaning it is not in fact changing your emotional opinion or perspective mm-hmm. on this person. However, you are, your palm is acknowledging that external people are reacting a certain way to this person and you're sort of processing that. It is on your palm, it doesn't affect the rest of your palms. So the conclusion here is, as your official palm reader. The conclusion is that you are apparently spending energy trying to process this information or make sense of it or make it work for you. Uh, and I think according to your palm, that's wasted energy. I, I, like I said, someone or some people have introduced a seed of doubt about something about that person, whether or not you're making the right decision or something that that doubt is, according to your palm, unfounded, <laughs> incorrect, and the conclusion here is you're wasting energy trying to process it. Um, everything else in your palm, especially your lifeline, has suggested that you are a person who can definitely like process what an event and move on. Like Understand how it's impacted you, understand what it means to you, and then move on for whatever reason this thing has sort of stuck around with you, perhaps just because it's recent or more recent than other things in your life. The official advice here is that you should perhaps let, let it go. If, if, it, if it has introduced that seed of doubt in you or, or something, second-guessing it, it will do you no good. You have already acknowledged that emotionally it means nothing to you, these opinions. You've already acknowledged in your head that these opinions aren't really based on anything that matters. There's just one final internal thing that you have to reconcile. And I think the point is you cannot reconcile it because it's external. Perhaps you should just let that go. It is a wash. Uh, I don't. So I should abandon the email I'm halfway through writing. <laughs> yes. For, for example, yes. Nothing, nothing good will come of it. It is, according to your palm, simply a waste of your energy. Um, yeah. Are you a chronic second guesser? Do you replay oh. arguments in the shower? I do. God. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I've never made a single like, this is just, yeah. No, I replay everything all the time. Constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Excellent. 
So maybe I mean, what we need is one of those real small band-aids like that are absolutely useless in the assortment box. And we'll just cover up that little line and tell your brain, forget it. That works. Okay. I mean, good. I'm you not like, your just, official yeah, palm it. reader. <laughs> I'm not your official uh, adhesive bandage <laughs> recommendationer. You're official to me. Oh, yay. No, don't you put yourself down, right? <laughs> I'm officially something, but. Uh, <laughs> You're both official in my heart. <laughs> See, she's a lover, she, but she's also it. a fighter. She's a lover and a fighter. We move on then to your headline. Your headline also starts between your index and your thumb. Uh, Is it just exploding? Just a mess? It's all the time. No, but you it's do like, have an explosion. Uh, there's like a firework. Oh there's like God. fireworks was, right there. The first thing I saw, and I was like, "What is?" It? Okay. And anyway, anyway, <laughs> your headline starts. We uh, don't think it's a catastrophic brain event, but we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, your, your headline starts between your index and your thumb, and it goes horizontally across your palm uh, over to the other side of your palm. Uh, there are two main horizontal lines. This is the bottom of those two horizontal lines. Again, your headline. Your headline is related to how you react to information, how you process information, uh, your general like mental attitude to things, especially new things. Um, what I immediately noticed about your headline, it, it is razor straight. It is like somebody put a ruler on your palm and then drew the line across. Something so straight as your headline would generally imply that there is a stubbornness uh, or a pigheadedness to how you handle information. Uh, if you ever get... Uh, comments from people who are like, you're so stubborn, or, uh, you know, like, when you get like this, I can't deal with you. Uh, Jesus. You, know, you, you get your mind locked onto something, and it will take an army to convince you otherwise. Are you two breaking up, like, right here? The point of I it... need to hear it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. This is, very uncom- Ma- this is very uncomfortable, <laughs> Mom and Dad. I'm Let me just say. Me, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the the pig-headedness, uh, all of that, if if that sounds like something that's happened to you where people accuse you of being stubborn and pig-headed or not opening up your perspective to other points of view, specifically when it's related to, like, information or plans or details or things like that, uh, according to your palm, they are correct. It is you. It is not them. You are, in <laughs> fact, yeah. My goodness yeah. gracious. Are, are you sure you want to hear this? All of this is wrong now. Uh, <laughs> this, no, this, this call is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't pass and said that I was really dope. It's all out. Uh, I, I mean, perhaps this is <laughs> then. I have certainly been told that I. <laughs> that's, that's the word that I may have heard, heard once or twice. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, then I'm telling you, it it is in fact. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is going to be so happy to hear this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. The straightness of that line also, and we sort of hit upon this, um, that you are somebody who can sometimes get into your own head, uh, that you are thinking things to the point of perhaps overthinking them um, in, in an effort to perhaps get every angle of a situation. Like you want to get in front of whatever it is, and so you're going to play out that scenario uh, in, in like examine it from, you know, every aspect, general overthinking. Um, 
usually what I tell people here is like, you have to learn to not overthink, like perhaps be more spontaneous or something like that. It is different for you in that according to your poem, your perhaps overthinking things is working for you. It is apparently your method and it is successful for you. You do arrive at conclusions or your plans are generally successful. I said this earlier at the top of the call. It's a trope, but when you put your mind to something, you can in fact achieve it. I think that overthinking, overcalculating, whatever you want to call it, it is your method and it in fact works for you. Okay, so let's figure out a way to say it nicely that she's pigheaded. Sure, go ahead. I'll just sit back here. She is determined and tenacious and often successful. So but there. Also, but, but also pigheaded. I didn't, I don't, I said, I don't hear love, how. I love the skepticism. Like, no, no, I didn't say any of that. <laughs> I said what I said. Uh... <laughs> Sure, determined in all of that, I feel like would be more related to her fate line, not her headline. Do you see right here on my hand where it says, I want to make her like us? Okay, all right. I like you very much. It's all right. In a I minute. Just wait you. until he calls. I'm not done. Just wait. <laughs> no, that's actually, now we're talking about this. That sounds like um, a conversation that I've had with a therapist even where, uh, no, because there's like always this thing of you don't, you know, don't overthink things, don't put, but. I need to, <laughs> I have to play out all okay, of the different yeah. possibilities because I actually find it calming and helpful to have this sort of understanding of, yeah, here are all of the things that could happen. Some of them are terrible, but when you are not afraid of them because you have this anticipation that they could, that is a possible, mm-hmm. here's how you would respond in that bad, like that, that's actually a way that I deal with, with terrible things. I, I get <laughs> it. it. It calms me down. So you're willing to jump off a cliff, but you will have pre-measured the water below. I'm going to know all of the sort of things, uh, you know, including like, what what do I need to take to take air on that and uh, where the local hospital is. Fantastic. See, this is not pig-headedness. This is just plain good-headedness. This is smart-headedness. I think those things can exist simultaneously. I know you uh... do. I've heard it. What I think supports the fact that I'm saying that it works for you is uh, right where your fate line and your headline intersect. This is above that transition symbol that I was saying is at the center of your poem. Right where the two lines intersect, there isn't a explosion of tiny little lines. It is smooth, just like your the tail end of your lifeline. There is no chaos there. There is no... I feel like for you, it's a fine line between indecision and overthinking and you were not in the indecision part of it you are not hemming and hawing you are analyzing and you are doing it thoroughly and i think your palm makes that important distinction so that's why i came to the conclusion that this is working for you you are not expending you're not wasting energy overthinking it it is in fact your process I need to like learn how to edit audio so that I can take a lot of clips and just leave them on very particular people's voicemails. Just here's what I want I you mean, to hear. Here's what my here's what my right? official palm reader has to say about it. Okay. Whenever somebody calls you, it should just be say you're determined, not pigheaded, and like that's your ringtone. Yeah. Or Maybe you should put that on your business card. If you're analyzing things and it is important for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I back that up. Uh, so, okay. So I feel like there's like a tag, like a so there, nah, kind of tag that goes with that, though. <laughs> yeah. So we got to be careful how we yeah. phrase it. So, I mean, I didn't add that. It's, that's implied. It well, sure was. Implied. I sure, yeah. I heard it. 
hope it's implied. Sure, I mean it. Uh, so the the very end of your fate line, which is at the top of your palm now, just underneath your uh, index finger, um, it's Isn't sort that of her middle finger. Middle finger. I'm She's sorry. given Thank fate you. the middle Thank finger. You. Remember? Yeah. No, yeah, right, right underneath your middle finger. Uh, the line, instead of being a solid, clear cut line, sort of sketches out a little bit there. I'm not worried about that at all. That is so far in the future. The fact that there's a shape there at all suggests that you are, in fact, looking way out into the future. It's just that because there's so many possibilities, and you're an analytical person you see a hundred different paths that would all be successful for you and you're just waiting to get closer to that moment. So I, I'm not worried about the, the fate line sort of fuzzing out at the top there. I think that's fine. And, and again, it doesn't look like a chaos of lines. It just looks like you are in fact working through whatever it is that you need to work through as far as that far out in your future. And I'm saying 25 plus years out. Like, like you have an idea of where you would maybe want to land, but you're, you know, you don't have an A to B to C path yet, but that's, that's okay. Everything else on your fate line, fabulous, just fabulous. Uh, uh, yeah. And so we were talking about your headline. There's one other thing there, but I will have to discuss another line first and then sort of backtrack so that this Ooh. makes sense. Narratively, it makes sense. We're going to move over to your heart line. This is the last major line on your palm. Your heart line starts uh, on the opposite side of the headline. So underneath your pinky, and then it curves horizontally up towards your index finger. It's the top of the horizontal lines. What I immediately look for is a nice, smooth upward curve, like a smile. You have that there. That shape generally means that you uh, know how to functionally relate to people emotionally. Uh, you know, you're, you're a normal okay. emotional person. Uh, what I would not want to see is... Uh... Did you want to soundbite that one, too? I am a normal emotional person. <laughs> yes, but that's just for me to play. Yeah. To oh, yeah. Daily affirmation. <laughs> I would not want to see a straight, flat line like your headline looks as your heart line. That would not be very fun to talk about. <laughs> or even worse, something downward curving, something that curves down like towards your palm. Also, not a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, Don't I would worry. Still do it. Don't worry, listeners. Do it if yours does, it's fine. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, so we don't have to talk about that for you. Your heartline looks great. Nice smile up there. Um, what I look for in the heartline is when the line uh, breaks apart and comes back together. So forming little islets or little islands, if you imagine your heartline is Archipelagos? a river. Little, I'm not going to say that word. I cannot. <laughs> I can't. Archipelagos? Arca, no. Nope. No. Well, edit, all right. Okay. This call is over. Edit, edit this. <laughs> um, what I look for is when the line... Uh, breaks apart, comes back together. Those are generally symbolizing very strong emotional connections to something or someone. I'm clear about that because the heart line doesn't necessarily mean people and relationships to people. It's emotional connections. So if you have a, a beloved pet who weighs uh, enough uh, emotionally for you, it may be recorded on your heart line. If you have uh, various cultural traditions or religions that are strong emotional connections for you, that could also weigh in there. If you have a houseplant that you really love, it may also 
be recorded on your heart line. Can so you these see all the plants all... that I've killed? Like, are they all on there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. That explains yeah, it so is a much. It's a of plants. It's really bad. Yeah, no, it's a horror film. There's a lot of slaughter. Uh, yeah, a lot of pain for plants here on your palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, based on your age, I see... Good grief, with the age already? Uh, it's how I figure out where we are. Like, in present. It's okay. I, I don't mind having an age. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural and beautiful. I don't know. Good I'm... Lord with you today. Um, hmm. I see two strong emotional connections early on in your heart line. Um, uh, by the way, when an emotional connection, an islet, an archipelago, archipel- uh-huh. an islet, <laughs> when, when the islet it. closes off, that doesn't necessarily mean that that emotional connection is closed. Often it just means that it is now like a default connection and is no longer needed to be recorded on your palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so closing off doesn't mean anything bad necessarily. Uh, so there's one very strong, long-lasting emotional connection early in your heart line. And the reason I bring it up is it closes off, but it continues on after that. Uh, I, I don't know what that is. However, it is something related. Hmm, it's something related to your fate line. Um, so why I say that, and this is the part where I said I have to backtrack in order to make this make narrative sense. There's a line that starts... Uh, at your fate line, again, that's the line that runs vertically up the center of your palm. Uh, it's sort of a jumble of lines, more looks like threads. Starts at your fate line, heads over to your pinky, connects to your headline right at the tail end of your headline, and then keeps going and then connects to your heart line. So this emotional connection is somehow related to your fate. And if I read these in order... There was some decision on your part, some path you picked that introduced you to something or someone that this concept or this person satisfies you head and heart. Uh, it is something that sparked your curiosity and then also uh, gave you a very strong emotional connection to it. That does not sound like a houseplant. It does not. No, no, it does not. It sounds like um, theater. Okay. <laughs> would would like. this have been something very early in your life then? I, I don't mean I mean, like I don't three know how years old. Early, I mean... but like elementary school, middle school. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I would consider that early so that I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So the, the, there was a sparking uh, of interest in the theater arts. Uh, it satisfies you. No, this could have just been going to the movies. She uh, didn't say what, that it was theater arts. Uh, wait, what? I, I, I did assume. It was uh, really more like performance and yeah. And theater arts and so um, all right. it, it could have been going to the movies. Uh, okay. So it was, I want you to say it. For you're me. right again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then that explains what that is. It is, uh, like I said, a collection of threads versus a distinct line. So I s- suspect that this just sort of opened your mind to that world of creativity and you found multiple ways to satisfy your creative intellect and and have that satisfy you emotionally as well. You get something out of that connection. Great. I, 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 I think that is definitively what those lines are. Uh, and so I can move on from that. It did spark a, a huge emotional connection with you that is just ongoing, uh, which is fabulous to hear. I really like to hear that 
you know, creativity is something, is your jam. Yeah. Uh, right after that. Imagine if jam was her jam. Like, like her, her big emotion. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I have so marmalade. many jars. Like, like marmalade was what sparked so her, her emotions early on. I would like that very much. Uh, yeah. And, and then I would be like, why is this on your, is jam a thing? Yeah. And so you'd be like, this, it is. What is this sticky spot right here? Is this, uh, never seen that before. It looks uh, like it would go like with peanut butter. <laughs> Extraordinary. That's on you. Line. That's the, another... it's the, I'm sorry, it's the Paddington oh. line. Please, allow me to continue with the marmalade theory. <laughs> uh, we can edit that out. Uh, there's another emotional connection right after that, and this one goes on to present. I'm also not sure what this is. It is unconnected to the rest of your major lines. Um, I, I, I don't, unfortunately, have much about this. There's some huge emotional connection that's been going on for better than a decade. Um, um, perhaps less than a decade. Uh, oh, you know what? I, it's either more than a decade or less than well, a decade. Yeah, I mean, you can't it's, pinpoint it's, it really. I mean, I'm going to say less than a decade. Uh, I don't remember. And now I remember you mentioning you had children. How old are they? Ten and eight. That's why I said... <laughs> A decade and then less than a decade. You are right again. These microphones are expensive, and I don't want to drop them on the ground. But I would like everyone to know that you are right again. Okay. Okay. So that explains that. Uh, That huge emotional connection is probably your children. Wonderful. (laughs) Um, One of them. Okay. How about this? Oh my gosh. So there's a line connected to that large emotional connection that goes vertically up from that point and um, like points to your ring finger. It's, it looks really like one line, one impression to me. Uh, This perhaps would imply that of your two children, you one, like one of them better. Oh. You like one of them better. Now, that there's, for some reason, there's one that requires <laughs> more emotional energy on your part. There, uh, you don't have to name names or, uh, or anything. Uh, we, we don't, they don't need to know. Which kid? <laughs> We're putting them on the list. There, yeah. For, for whatever reason, your palm suggests one of them definitely needs more emotional attention, more emotional energy spent from you to them. There's That's nothing bad about it, and it's not. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't hear it as something bad, but I'm actually kind of curious um, because my children are very different, and I love them very equally without <laughs> any reservation there. Understood. But, but, <laughs> but my one child is very emotionally open and um, and wants my input and oh. wants my emotional attention all the time, and the other is extraordinarily internal and trying to get any sort of emotional connection from him is really, really difficult um, and takes a lot of energy. And I'm so they're very, very different. And I'm not sure which one this would be, whether it's sort of like that sort of natural constant emotional connection or the energy expended trying to like really uh, meet the other child where he is. But, um, but I don't know. Maybe I, think I can answer that question <laughs> according to your palm. I don't think okay. I should. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> but, I don't wait, think it just matters. Tell me, just, but, just tell me. I won't. Right. It's the, the younger child. <laughs> she didn't say older, younger. Uh, I didn't. I, I'm saying the palm says it's the younger child that requires. Uh, well, now the, I know. The, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we would palm. expect you to know which was which, but we didn't know yeah. which was yeah, which. Yeah, that's, that's, 
that really that makes decided. sense. <laughs> the that reason, by sense. the way, the reason I'm saying that is that line occurs uh, near the tail end of that emotional island, uh, the emotional connection of that island. Uh, and that's not to say that it's later. It's just that it started later where the okay. emotional connection started much earlier. That's how I arrive at the conclusion that it's the the later second child that uh, that makes perfect sense. None of that is none of that is bad, or like there's no value judgment on any of it. Like that, yeah, thank you, helpful. thank you. There's never any judgment from me. Not for me. Like, right. I don't, you know. I'm judging constantly. I love them both. Yes. And plus, it's your palm. It's not me saying this, by the way. This is you saying. This. I'm just reading it right here in black and just, white. Just doing my job. That's all. And I'm gonna uh, sharpie some stuff on you. <laughs> That's a legitimate thing. It works. Uh, <laughs> it's like having a vision board, you know, like right, right. of uh, Paul. That's horrifying. Oh, oh my god. So I've been to talk to you about that board in your office that's just pictures of sure, people's palms sure. and like cars for some reason. Like of all of the body parts, though, <laughs> like wouldn't you prefer uh, it was palms? Wouldn't not this many. Worrying? Not this many. <laughs> no more body parts is worse. I gotta say, if it was like isolated photos of like knees, right? <laughs> right. That's way worse than than this my dream board, which is anyway. Uh, your heart line. Uh, continue smoothly upward. I don't see any breaks or anything there. That's fabulous. Your fate line, uh, then to backtrack a little bit, crosses over your head and your heart line and continuing up to your middle finger. That is fairly rare for a fate line to do that. What that symbolizes is that the path you are choosing, the paths that you are choosing to follow are constantly satisfying your head and your heart. I mentioned that earlier with your perhaps love for theater and creative arts and things like that. This is reinforcing that, that you are doing the things and checking in properly that a decision will feel good and, and make your brain feel good, uh, which is great. So I think this then also reinforces the fact that we were saying all the work you're doing, checking in with yourself, um, all of the emotional, mental work that you do is working. Keep doing that according to your palm. All of that is fabulous. None of it is wasted energy, which is great. So at the very top of this call, I mentioned you had five major lines. There are, in fact, four that I read. You have one that is rare uh, and unusual, and it's going to take some time to, to interpret this. Oh the, the is it line, that right there? It is. The line I'm talking about is this like firework explosion. Like what this even asterisk. is that? You have an asterisk at the top of your hand. Uh, at your index finger, the pad below your index finger, there's like a starburst pattern. Do you see it? Trust us. I'm looking like both at my hand and the photo even. Like, it is between wait, under my, your heart line Under your, your index finger. Under your index okay. finger. Oh, between my heart and the headline? Is that yes. Yeah. So, the, you know, there's oh, the major okay. pad that isn't your finger. It's on your palm, but the pad below your index finger. Oh, okay. There's a starburst pad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I see what you mean. Uh -huh. that's, that's, okay. I feel like that's pretty rare. I don't think I see that a whole lot, especially in that location. Uh, so where a line crosses another line uh, perpendicularly, that generally uh, symbolizes conflict of some kind. Those two lines are in opposition to each other. And that's the whole point of palm reading is to try to figure out where do these lines come from, what are they related to, and so forth. A starburst pattern like this is is 
pure conflict. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It is an explosion of like things that are in opposition to each other. It is an explosion of conflict. There's something, there was something going on very early in your life um, that really put your emotions and your head at odds with each other that you had to come to some kind of an explosive conclusion. We sort of touched on this. I described your ascent into maturity as a light switch. Like it was a thing where you had to make a hard decision and then you did it. And then there were sort of repercussions for you after that, that repercussion being you kind of put away your own childhood to handle a thing. I think this symbol is describing that perhaps sudden explosive decision. It was such, this symbol would describe that it would be such a turn for you. Like there were, there, it wasn't a buildup. It was a now or never decision that you had to wrangle between your emotions and your head and you came to a conclusion and you did it. But the symbol would... You've got I, I, this. You've got a big bang sitting there, Mara, and we want to know what it was. Nothing. I mean, yeah, no, like I'm trying to think like that. It, it is especially early in my clearly life. related to that same event where your lifeline splits away from your headline. It is related to whatever that crease or fold is that I talked about early on. It, I mean, it, it lines up with it almost precisely. Um, I guess the my conclusion here, the context for it, is that this is supporting that you had to sacrifice something. You had to, there was a compromise on your part. You made a decision despite whatever the sacrifice would be and you did it. This sacrifice is still with you. You are carrying it like emotional baggage, but it's not weighing you down. It is a part of you. You have incorporated this into your being. I don't see this negatively affecting anything on your palm. It's not weighing your heart line down. Your heart line curves up just like it normally would. I, I, this is some kind of badge of honor that you're carrying with you that this, this event, your decision, and perhaps the compromise that you'd have to put away your childhood in order to have the fortitude to make something happen, you carry it with you. Um, I like it's very clear. This isn't emotional baggage. Like it's weighing you down. It's it more is, like an emotional fanny pack. Like uh, it's just, it's just pack. carrying. It is, it's it, there. I think more like a medal. It is more like a medal, a badge that you carry with you because you remember or think about this event or somehow it comes up for you in a way that perhaps you think back on it. Not negatively, not positively. It purely is something that you accept and acknowledge, but it is still with you. I feel like only you can really tell us if, like, yeah, this is this is a wound that you carry with you that cannot close for whatever reason, can't be resolved, or if, like I suspect, it is more like this. This is just this is a thing that happened and is who I am. It it didn't make you. It is just part of you. Does, does any of that sound like something that would apply? 
Yeah, I mean, so at first I was kind of just thinking, honestly, of just my relationship with my parents, <laughs> um, okay. because it, I think, changed significantly then, and not in, not like there's, you know, you couldn't make a movie of it, it's not that exciting. It's the, like, really sort of mundane kind where there, when... Oh, man. There's... What is this about to be? I'm very, I'm upset now. I'm no, no. This. Just like, you know, it, it's a conversation I've had actually with people in life where it's like, when you think of comfort, what do you think of? And a lot of people have this, like, I think of my mom, right? Like, or I think of this, like, parental sense around you. And I don't. And I feel like I lost it right around that age of just not no longer really feeling like they were a sort, I mean, they were, they were protection. Like they gave me a house. I knew they weren't going to harm me. I was in a very safe place. They were, they were good people. There was not any actual threat from them whatsoever, but there was a, a, this feeling of like, yeah, but the emotional part of you is not going to be, you're going to have to do that yourself. You're not going to get that here. Even if they want to, they're, they're not capable of it. Um, like it, it wasn't a coldness or like they are, you know, just <laughs> withholding. Like it's not that. It was really just more of a very sort of young age recognition of who you are and what you need is not something that that is compatible with what they can give and who they are. And that was like, I think it took me a really long time to recognize how sort of like closed and sort of, uh, you know, this sort of protective of myself I was because I felt like, well, I'm the only one who can take care of me basically in that, you know, in an emotional sense. And, uh, and so that's, that was like the first sort of thing that I think of. And I love my parents. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that they're listening, <laughs> but it's like, it's, you know, I love them. It's not a bad relationship, but there is, there is this, there's this void there that is, um, difficult and I, I think it can be difficult for them as well because they they feel it but don't really seem to have the capacity to understand what creates it um anyway so that's like the real deep dive into my little psyche there yeah. but you know I, I was also in the hospital so it could be bad I don't know <laughs> you know I I, de I don't think it's the hospital thing yeah. um I, I some of the things you described I think I definitely relate back to you having to grow up quickly and take care of yourself. I mean, some of those were, were the things you, you just said, which definitely relate to the lifeline part of it. And then this is, is that thing, that void, that, um, that hole that perhaps you will have there, according to your poem, it, it is there for good. It is not a thing. I, I, I think you've already come to that conclusion. This is not a thing that is resolvable. It is yeah. just a part of you now. Um, I I want to reiterate it does not it does not change the trajectory of your heartline. For example, your emotional energy, your ability to connect emotionally, is perhaps stronger because of this. It doesn't deviate from its path because of this symbol on your palm. Um, I mean, I, I want to go back to, I want to make sure you are clear that I'm saying this does not define you. It is something that is a part of you. It perhaps weighs you, weighs on you. Uh, your thoughts perhaps go back to it, but you have long since move on, moved on from, from that thing. 
so I, yeah, I would I would hope that that's the positive thing you take from this is it's on your palm, it's recorded there. You are far more emotionally strong. The rest of your lines are so strong. I'll go back to the pig-headed part of it. You <laughs> are strong. That this, this isn't this isn't a thing that you perhaps need to think so much about if it's on your mind often. Please uh, give yourself credit that that you're you're so much more of a person than this event or those few relationships. Uh, you you've done so much already in your palm. As far as I'm concerned, your palm proves it. So, yes. Do you guys invest in like tissues in bulk when you have people there? Uh-huh. You just, yes. Have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you should warn sleeve, like when but... you invite people, you should be like, if you wear mascara, make sure it's waterproof. Like that should be <laughs> part of the patter, you know. <laughs> I, uh, you know the thing about it, seriously, the thing about that is I I have no way of we have no way of knowing how a palm reading is going to go. Um, you happen to have a lot of information, and of course, they're very forthcoming and open about it, which makes the palm reading easier. Of course, it also makes it more insightful for you um, if you're very open about it. But but I you mean, do make people cry on the I, regular. I, all right, all right. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not I even during palm reading. I don't I mean, need you know, to make like you at the cry. grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting to go places I'm, with him. I'm really, sorry. I've upset everybody. I'll see myself out. Aww. <laughs> no, no, no. Everything you said was so kind and really appreciated. So truly. that's uh, yeah. Even that's, the part where he was. Calling you pigheaded. That was all it's, just so kind. You know, it's Mara. fine. I Mara. Today. See, you can't change your mind about it because oh. she's pigheaded. See? Do you see what's happening right here? Guys, you might. God she's... damn it. <laughs> I'm going to call you later, okay, yeah. girl? That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I got. Is there anything specifically that you want me to look for or – Things that you're like, oh, is, you know, is my, my dog on my palm or whatever? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> it's right is. here. Mitzi. Yeah, right here. Uh, there are no animals on my palm. That is very, very It's clear. just a field of no. dead plants. No animals, <laughs> no house plants. I mean, do you, want like, him I to, do you want him to use your palm <laughs> like my grandmother used the Ouija board? Like, are you missing your bathing suit, for instance? I'm missing so many things. Like, <laughs> yeah, start the list. We'll start a second one. I mean, we'll like, I have like, a list of chores to to do too if you could like prioritize which ones I should uh, do. Sure, your keys have fallen into the cushions on the couch. Okay, I good, good. Here. Uh, it's yeah. not your couch though, which is weird. <laughs> we got to work on that. Sure, yeah, no, that makes sense. I do hit a lot of couches in a day, so <laughs> you never know. She's just she's just chilling at IKEA. What? So I think we're gonna take a break okay. and then we'll come back and we'll see how we did then. Let's do it. Let's give her a minute to collect herself. I also need a Kleenex after that. My goodness gracious. We'll be right back. I really needed that break, Mara. I got to tell you. All right. We're back with the Hollywood Palms podcast. And we have told you so many things. And by we, I do mean Quila. And he has seen your future. He's seen your past. He has seen your dead house plants. And I'm just curious, uh, how are you how are you feeling? How are you feeling about all this? I mean, this is fantastic. This is my favorite oh. thing. Uh, I think this is That's incredible. a soundbite for us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm sorry if you have other guests cuz like this is just <laughs> I'm going to be back on. Like I don't know how often. <laughs> okay, okay like, new show format. Right. New okay show format. Or, I, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. But no, I I think this has been wonderful. Also, uh 
I haven't been to therapy in like nine months. So this is like, it's just ticking off a lot of boxes for me. Good, good. Yeah, it's working really well. Thank you. I love it. Sure. Was there, I'm curious, was there uh, anything This is the part I where said, he needs you to stroke his ego a little I bit. Need I need to know, that. on a scale of one to ten, uh, one being I was correct, ten being I was 100% correct. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, was there anything I was wrong that didn't ring true? I remember the very first thing I talked about was that fold crease on your lifeline, and I assumed that it was a, a person, family related, that somehow injected themselves into your life and, and messed things up or whatever. Uh, but we uh, learned that it was not that; it was in, in fact probably an event from like your junior high or whatever. Um, that made her into the amazing woman that she absolutely is today. Right. It's like a superhero origin story. Uh, it was, I mean, not <laughs> It could have been event, a super villain or origin story, but it wasn't. We don't know I that. I have some that's of those too. Right. <laughs> no, we I see can, it. We see that. Conclusive, <laughs> if you ask me. But, but so I, I will be the first to say that I was, my first strong interpretation about that moment was wrong but all of the surrounding context to it still checked out for what you figured out that um, that what that was. Uh, was there anything else that I said that it was like, yeah, that's not that's not a thing. Or... No, I mean, I, I think <laughs> the only time I had a yeah, that's not a thing. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, was when you were just like, yeah, you know, something in the last ten years. It was like a big emotional connection for you. I'm like, mm. and then you're like, do you have your you kids? You forgot that like, oh you had God, children. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yep. That's, that makes sense. Uh, and to be clear, I was waffling between <laughs> ten and under ten. I just wanted I I remember. Want you to know that detail. <laughs> that the <laughs> word. Okay. So <laughs> it must be a really. <laughs> Are you sure, Mara, <laughs> that there wasn't an emotional connection about eight to ten years? Uh, are you sure? No, no nothing. I, no, that doesn't ring true. <laughs> I mean, you know, there there are moments where I, I will say too, even as I said, when when you were talking about that first thing, it it sounded to me like um, a person and something very significant, and what I connected to is is something else. And I mean, honestly, there's an element of me too that is sort of like I, it's almost as though I I feel like I should have had something that's more like fireworky in my life that is very, that I can point to in the way that so many other people have had really clear events that have happened or things that they, you know, someone, someone died, someone, they had a, a traumatic move or they had, a, you know, these really sort of big item issues. And I feel a little, I don't know what the word is, a little like sheepish about the fact that I'm like, no, no, I'm just talking about this one time in gym class, but <laughs> But it, it, it ended up being so formative. Maybe you don't hear it now because you lived it and you have continued to live with it. Maybe you don't hear the words that you said were so impactful and so profound that you not only decided to not bully that one child like you had been bullied for several years prior to that, but you made a decision at that point that you were going to be a different person. You were going to become Mara, the Mara that you wanted to be and needed to be. You didn't, you don't hear it because you lived it, but it's extraordinary that you made that decision at such a young age and you've clearly become that person. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, um, obviously it, it sticks with me. So, um, so yeah, no, everything. It's going to stick with me also because I feel like I squandered gym class. 
I got nothing out of it. I liked a little bit of volleyball too. I mean, I don't know if that was quite as significant. I mean, it was a like bit. a little bit of square dancing and then like a scoliosis screening. Like I feel like that's it. But I, the square dancing didn't, did not stick with me. Like we definitely did that, but I don't remember a thing. If it's you not like me a, down in a square dance I don't right practice now, I it, it, but no. I do remember it happening. I could run under a parachute though. Oh my like gosh. Oh, no problem. All day long. Let, yeah. See, yeah. that's what this show should be about. It's just, yeah. Come over. We're going to play with the parachute outside. Yeah. We'll, oh. we'll have some uh, juice boxes. There needs to be more than it. three of us though. Yeah. We need producer Rob and then some more people also. Okay. All right. Otherwise, it's I not think as... the moment you put the word out, we've got a giant parachute. <laughs> like, you'll have more than enough people. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a problem that I mean, solves itself. Right I know there. if I saw that like on Craigslist, like, come over, you have a giant parachute. I'd be like, where are my shoes? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you walk it, in the yeah. neighborhood, you see that on a flyer. Yeah. You're like, well, that's my day. Clearly. Clearly. There's nothing. There is, there's no chance. Listen, a friend of mine's to me one time, you know, sometimes there are puppies in the van. And like, there's. Wow. <laughs> that is not official I advice. I want to live life like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're I want to live life like Maura Quint. I want to eat french fries on my salad and give Faith the middle finger. I got to say, talking that to you, great. Talking to you today has been <laughs> unbelievably good. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much for being uh, And now that we you. have your fingerprints, um, we'll be. We'll be in touch. Oh, yeah. The, well, the authorities I mean, you will be in the touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we won't be in touch. <laughs> we'll be long gone, right? Out, frankly. It just makes me so scared about it. So that's you, fine. I mean, you probably, you just a won't. A person of interest? I mean, <laughs> that's wonderful. You won't know that we're there, but we're always there. Mark Quint, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Palms. Please rate and review the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. And if you didn't like the show, you could just keep that to yourself. If you want to know more, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hollywood Palms. Subscribe to the various tiers to hear exclusive episodes and learn about other premium options, including getting a personal reading by Quitla. You know, I might be there if you want me to be. And I won't be if you don't. Hollywood Palms is produced by Rob Beals. Our logo designed by the talented David Polston. Music by the delightful Miguel Garcia-Hool. Hollywood Palms is a Genius Royale production.